Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the latest edition of the Pro Basketball Talk podcast here at NBC Sports. We're getting ready for the season edition of this. We're going to start talking with a few people about some of the biggest teams and the biggest uh, storylines coming into the season, and there is no better place to start that campaign than with Dalton Johnson to talk the defending champion, Golden State Warriors. Dalton from NBC Sports. If you can see his work at NBC Sports Bay Area. Dalton, thanks for jumping in, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. It, it should be an interesting year. Look, this is kind of often, honestly, the champions coming back are like the most boring preseason previews. because, And the Warriors are sort of like this. They are running it back, right? Like the core six guys are from the title team are back. But this is going to be a different regular season because of how much they're going to have to ask of their young stars now. Yeah, it, it is. You know, Joe Lakeup wants to say we're running it back. And as you said, that core group of players are back. But you're asking more from James Wiseman, more from Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody. Jordan Poole is now stepping into more of that kind of star level. And then it is a different group of the role players uh, as far as Dante DiVincenzo goes and Jamichael Green and getting rid of some players like Gary Payton II, who became obviously a fan favorite and a very key contributing piece to a championship team and Otto Porter Jr. and a handful of players that definitely had uh, their hands in on winning the championship. So the core is back, no doubt about that, but it's also a different team, no doubt about it. Uh, is this a bit of a, I mean, they, because they're running it back and there are and we'll talk about this a little bit down the line, but there are questions long-term about how much how much Jolica and, the, and Peter and the other owners can really afford, right? Like there, there does come, even with the Chase Center, there comes a limit. And with what Steph makes with his new deal, with what Clay makes, with what, you know, you've got to pay Draymond coming up and all this, there are limits eventually to, like, there are questions about how they're going to form this thing, what this team's going to look like two years from now, three years from now. But is this a bit of a YOLO year? Like, hey, we're running it back with these guys. We think we can win another one. Yeah, you know, whenever you bring up the contracts, too, you know, they were brought up right after winning the championship before the NBA draft. And it's, again, where they're saying, look, there's deadlines, but we don't see them as deadlines as well. When it comes to, like, Jordan Poole's, like, rookie contract extension has a deadline of October 17th. But at the same time, I think that they feel comfortable going into restricted free agency with him too. Like, there's obviously risk involved with that. There's no doubt about it. 
But the same thing with goes with Andrew Wiggins, where, yeah, everyone's saying, oh, are they going to pay him? Is he going to be an unrestricted free agent um, next offseason? And again, where, yeah, they want to lock him up. There's no doubt they really like Andrew, and there's going to be so hard to figure all these things out. But they don't see a set timeline or a set date on that as well. So there's going to be a lot of juggling, but they're really, hey, as long as we have Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green, and those other pieces who have stepped up in, in uh, the last year plus, then what do we really have to worry about? We can figure that out as the time comes. Yeah, one of those pieces is Andrew Wiggins, who is uh, entering the last year of his contract, uh, the max deal that he signed uh, back with Minnesota, uh, that he he didn't really live up to there. But I think his, I think everyone admit he had his best season. He just he found a role. He found a comfort level playing with the Warriors and not being asked. Look. Minnesota kept asking him to do things that I, maybe he wasn't capable of, wasn't ready for, wasn't ready to be a number one or even number two option. But on the Warriors, he's option, what, three or four? But he, by the playoffs, he was maybe their second best player. He comes back and he seems to come back with a, just a re- – I'm curious, I guess I'll ask you. Like There was a real confidence that built in him through the playoffs. Does that carry over or is he kind of – go back to being the up and down Wiggins during the season? That's the big question, of course, right? And I think with the Warriors and looking at Andrew Wiggins this year, they can now go to him and basically say, hey, we know what you're capable of. Like, you you can't give us these off and, uh, off and on nights, right? We, we know that yeah. you can do this for a, a sustained period of time. Obviously, they care more about the playoffs and trying to win a championship again. And he showed that he's a winner. He showed that he can be – he can be two-way wigs as far as getting those all-star votes and kind of breaking out and also 16-win wigs. And that matters more to them than anything else. And Andrew's one of those guys where, you know, obviously in Minnesota, he was asked to do so much at once. And I think he's more of a guy where you can kind of press a button with him and say, hey, tonight we need rebounding, Andrew. Tonight we need defense. Okay, tonight, you know what? We don't have Steph. Uh, it's a back-to-back, and we're going to rest, Clay. We need scoring. Go get us 20. Okay, I can do that. But if you ask him to do three, four things at once, all in one given night, and be the number one option, you're just asking for too much. So he really has found this perfect role, this you know, this franchise that he can fit with so well. Because as you said, there's nights where, yeah, he's the third, fourth option. I would say that Jordan Poole's probably their second best offensive player right now, but Clay yeah. Thompson is still capable of being a number two or a number one on nights. Andrew Wiggins is still capable of being a number two, maybe a number one on nights, but man, when he's your number three even or your number four, now it, that's such a pick-your-poison kind of situation for the opposition. Yeah, that was always the thing with Wiggins, even in Minnesota. Once every two to three weeks, he'd have one of those nights where you're like, that guy, that guy's the guy who was picked number one, but he, was, he wasn't able to sustain it. And I like the idea, the, the concept that, hey, the, his rebounding was so much better in the postseason. Like he rebounded like he hasn't his entire career. And I think it's partially, like you said, they're like, hey, we need boards. Would you go focus on that? And and he went and did exactly. it. Um, yeah. What do you expect from Clay this year? I mean, because it's... That's an interesting come. He's still coming back, sort of. Yeah, but this is also his first 
healthy offseason since the 2018-19 season, going into that season. So that is such a big difference for him, right, where he doesn't have to worry about rehab. He can worry about getting ready for the season and not just trying to get his body ready for uh, one point. You know, he seems so much more free. The most interesting part to watch for him, I think, is going to be defense because there were times where there were spurts where it was, oh, hey, he's back to kind of this shutdown defender, but it's just not consistent right now. And it was a lot to ask for, obviously, from someone coming off of two gruesome leg injuries like he did. He could do it for – it was interesting to watch in games because sometimes the first half you'd be like, oh, he's getting cooked a little bit. And also in the, the second half, you see two, three, four stretches down the floor where, oh, he's, he's looking like that guy again. So it might be a little bit of a different Clay Thompson – and that's where Andrew Wiggins comes into play so well, too. I remember after the NBA Finals, Clay just praising Andrew basically for kind of doing the job that he used to have as far as picking up the best per- perimeter um, offensive player, you know, and being that kind of shut down two way player, where now Clay can sit back a little bit more. And when they really need to, they can ask him, hey, bear down. And maybe he might be more of, someone who helps out on the block and on the post and less of those quick twitch guys and more of those Luka Doncic body type guys, if that makes sense. You know, yeah, yeah. he's not, he's not going to shut down John Morant. He did in the playoffs for a clutch play. Yes, no doubt about it. But those aren't the guys that you want him to go against. You want him to go against more of the sturdy kind of scorers. So I think that you have to expect a better clay, uh, just because he's had that off season where he can be more free, the defense is just going to be the question because we know that night in, night out, it won't be on a day-to-day basis maybe, but he can still give you 30, 40 every once in a while. You never know because there's nobody that gets hot like Clay Thompson. And that even includes Steph Curry. Yeah. By the way, if you find the guy who can stay in front of John Morant, I would like to meet him. Like, I don't <laughs> right. think that guy, I that guy exists. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't think exactly. that guy exists right now. Uh <laughs> Yeah, it's. I think that by the way, you come back to the contract thing that we discussed earlier. Clay's locked in for two full seasons, fully guaranteed off the off of the 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 well earned max deal he got pre injury. It's going to be interesting to see where he lands when it comes time for a new contract. Because you're again, I think like Green, you want to keep him. He's not really a max player on the court right now. So wh- how do you find that balance? Is it's like it, that's an interesting and it's not something it's not a conversation the Warriors have to have right now, but it is one they have to and Clay has to think about what he wants a, a couple years from now. And I don't I don't know. It's just hard to picture Clay leaving. It's hard to picture Clay on another team. Look, where else is he going to park the boat, man? Where else can he take the boat to work? Right? Like you know. <laughs> It's really hard to imagine Clay and Draymond on different teams. And, and those aren't questions yeah. that they have to answer today, but they're going to come up sooner than later. And, and they are yeah. tied. They are tied to decisions with guys like Andrew and Jordan, who are going to be bigger money guys who are younger. Obviously, yeah. you know, we, we've heard the rumblings that Draymond wants that max money. And it's so funny to kind of look at these rankings and different things, right? Because, we know that Steph Curry is a top five player, but a lot of people don't see him having a teammate that's a top 20, top 25, top 30, yeah. top 35 maybe player outside outside of him. And that doesn't mean that Clay and Draymond still aren't great players. 
it's just within the ecosystem. And I don't see them thriving as much as they do outside of the Warriors. And that's not a knock on them at the same time. It's just kind of the reality and, and how well they've been able to find, like, you know, Bob, Bob Myers is, I consider him kind of like this perfect puzzle maker because he puts the pieces together so well as a general manager. And, and that has to do with Clay and Draymond for a long time now and with Steph obviously as well too. So it's so hard to imagine them with, with different teams. They might have to be the, the two guys that, maybe quote unquote sacrifice a little bit as far as pay cuts coming up here soon if they do want to uh want to stay for the long haul and stay for you know the twilight years of of their career uh as it dwindles down and to be able to still win and have teammates like jordan and hopefully have teammates like andrew so they're going to be have to be the guys that might have to you know come to terms with some tough conversations in the next, in the next year or two because Draymond, he has a play, a, a, a pretty expensive player option after this season that he's going to have to say, do I really want to, you know, get rid of $27.5 million to, to, to test open waters or to think that uh, the Warriors are going to give me a max contract? You know, those are going to be have to be some tough inner questions for the two of them as well because they're 32, they're going to be 33 years old in March, and they've both now dealt with some tough injuries that aren't easy to come back from by any means. Who doesn't love a classic chocolate chip cookie? Famous Amos has been making them since the 70s, 1975 to be exact. With semi-sweet chocolate chips and a satisfying crunch, it's everything classic in one bite-sized cookie. And fans couldn't get enough. That's right. You'll find our original recipe, the one you know and love, in every bag of Famous Amos original chocolate chip cookies. Find Famous Amos anywhere you buy your favorite snacks. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. You mentioned that with Draymond. It's... It is, he is a little system specific to me, even more than Clay. Like Clay, look, Clay could true, be true. useful anywhere. Draymond's skill set is so perfect for, uh, Steve Kerr has utilized it perfectly. Uh, but I think when you talk about him, yeah, look, you can see his offensive limitations somewhat in the playoffs. He's still a brilliant passer and, and setting guys up, but I'll let him shoot all day long. You know, if he wants to shoot from the nail or farther out, I'll, like, go for it. Like, I'll let you take that shot. But if he didn't get injured, I mean, he was probably leading my defensive, was leading my personal defensive player of the year list. Yeah, too. Right, <laughs> right. He was so good and they were so good defensively and he was brilliant on that. And, and, and we saw it again in the playoffs where, you know, again, he's probably not, he's, he's not the athlete he was in, you know, 2015, 2016, like in that era, but he got key blocks and he's always in the right position and he's quarterbacking that defense into position. 
that's not something easily replaced and has real value. This might be also a situation where the rising cap helps, where, say, with Andrew Wiggins, who's, I, what does Andrew make? I want to say off the top of my head, I should have looked this up, like $33 million this year? 34? I think it's I think it's 33 plus, yeah. So at, at that number, you're like, well, I don't want to pay him, but you don't want to max him out. But on the flip side, and, and he probably isn't worth you – know, he probably isn't that, but he – with what he brings to the table right now, if you want to do three years at twenty-seven to th- or even thirty million, like with the cap going up, that's not an unreasonable number for what he brings to the table. And it's sort of the same with Draymond, right? I know he wants the four one thirty-eight that I think they can max him out on off of this deal, but even at a little less than that, he's going to make really good money, and he fits better to me. To me, it's just hard to picture him in particular. There, there might be an owner because there, there might be an owner or GM out there, and, and it strikes me as more one of those things that comes top down somewhere. We're like, wait, we can go get Draymond? Why aren't you getting Draymond? And the basketball people are like, yeah, um, I'm not sure he's a perfect fit. And the owner, you know, you know, I was about to – The I was owner about pulls to, an owner. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that he looks right. It's sort of – Derek Fisher had this issue. He was perfect in the triangle next to Kobe, but – you put him with the Warriors and say, hey, go go run the offense, and it looked weird. It's so funny because for so long, teams, you know, we look draft-wise now, right, where everyone says, oh, this is this year's Draymond Green, and it's all these teams <laughs> trying to find, you know, modern-day Draymonds. But there's, all, there's only one Draymond, and he fits one yeah. team the best. It's the Warriors. There's no doubt about it. And, and I don't think that he couldn't be successful at other places, but I don't think he can be this Draymond, like this kind of all, uh, all-star, all all-NBA, uh, possible Hall of Fame type of player. And last season really was pre-injury Draymond, post-injury Draymond. When, when he, before the back injury, as you were just saying, I think he had to be a top everyone's defensive player of the year ballot. And he was back to not just all-star form, but he was back to that DPOY form. All the numbers saw it. You know, the Warriors had a 104 defensive rating with him on the floor last year and 112 without him. His value was still there. The And, and then the playoffs were just up and down. And I think that's going to be the question now is just the, the sustainability of him with the kind of beating that his body has taken over the years, mm-hmm. having to be six, 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 seven, guarding these behemoths at center and going against the Jokic's and the playoffs and Robert Williams, you know, and we know that there was the benching in the, in, in the finals game that yep. was obviously highly talked about, but then he comes back in game six and he's phenomenal, you know? So that's just going to be t- tough thinking about expectations with him in the regular season because it's less about, Hey, we need 82 games of you Draymond. It's more of if you can give us full throttle 50 to 72 games, like then we are cooking because Draymond's at his best when he is head down being a dog and trying to get after you can't have half Draymond or 75% Draymond. Like you need full on Draymond. He works at that speed. You know what I mean? So it's going to be really wild to watch this year just as far as is there any kind of lingering effects from a back injury because a back injury is no joke for the kind of game that he plays yeah. and he also came in last season off the high of the olympics and and not only the high and the buzz of the olympics and and getting to play with you know some of the best players in the nba and and, and all but also and i think we'll see this with Eurobasket this year 
guys just come back in shape. They come back having mm-hmm. played at a high level. Have come and so they just hit the ground running a little faster, right? Like it's just you've already been playing at this certain level and being pushed. And in the case of the Olympics in particular, probably pushed more in practice. Right. Like there, there, there were tougher practices. There were tougher games against the USA select team in scrimmages than there were in some of the Olympic contests. But you come in with this, man, I've been going against Kevin Durant every day. Like, you know, in practice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think you're going to get some of that this year. I think he came in. I, I'm not sure that we're going to get the same guy right out of the gate all season long. But like you said, you get, 60 games of, of Draymond and you have him healthy and focused for the final 16 games. That's all that matters, right? It really is. Yes. And you know, it's, it's, he came into after when they had that terrible season, that the the injury field season where they had 15 wins and he, he admits that like, he just wasn't there focused wise. He wasn't the same player. And he went into that next offseason and being like, okay, I'm going to establish myself again in that 2020-21 season. And then the year after that, then I'm going to be fully back to Draymond, going for the defensive player of the year, going for all-star and everything. And the timeline really fit his goals. And now it's going to be interesting because the Warriors and Draymond Green are always better when they have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder. Yeah. even after winning a championship, I think that there still are questions with this team. Okay, they won the they, they won the championship, but uh, Boston was just young and, and inexperienced. You know, all the computers thought that, that they were the better team, and and uh, you know we'll we'll see how it happens with the, the older guys this year with the Warriors. They they can't run it back, and he's feeding himself that those kind of narratives because he knows that he thrives off of that. The same thing goes even with Steph Curry. who might seem, you know, like this perfectly nice guy and it gets kind of mistaken for competitiveness. And, you know, I I think that there's no doubt that Draymond is going to be determined to show that he's the player that he was before the back injury. It's not, you know, it's not going to going to affect him. He's probably going to use the benching to, you know, to his own advantage. That's just the kind of guy he is. So again, as you just said, it's less about give us 82 games, play play the full season. Hey, give us those 60-ish games and then give us the 16 for for the playoffs. That's all all he cares about at this point is that fifth championship. I'm glad you brought up that other guy because we're almost 20 minutes into this podcast. Maybe we should mention Steph Curry. I hear he's good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> look, hey, look. No doubt, by the end of the playoffs last year, he was not only. I mean, clearly the Finals MVP and clearly the best player on the Warriors. But back to being Stephen Curry, top two, three, four player. You know, I'm not going to argue the details, but one of the top players in the world. He's also not young. He's another guy who's who's starting, you know, is getting up there in years. Is there a concern about drop off or or load management with him? I think load management is an interesting way to put it because I do think that this is the first year where we start to see a little more of the preservation of Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, and Draymond Green of the Warriors' big three that has been their big three for a long, long time. Obviously, even when Kevin Durant was here. And that they start to slow down a little bit, maybe minutes-wise, maybe a little bit more of those planned rest nights 
for sure, just because I, I think that Steve Kerr has learned from when they had that five-year run how yeah. much it, it how much it tired them out in, in the long run. You know, and, and this is obviously only one year; it's, it's one championship run. But I I don't think that he wants to go go down a path where seventy-three wins doesn't matter anymore. We've repeated it, but sixteen wins is what matters to to them now in the playoffs. And so I do think that load management is going to be increased a little bit more with Steph, with Clay, with Draymond. As far as the worrisome of a decline, I don't think that there's any worry as far as it goes with Steph Curry. You know, you look at his regular season numbers, it was his worst shooting season, maybe of his career, when it comes yeah. to field goal percentage, when it comes to three-point percentage. But at the same time, he was chasing that all-time three-point record. He was dealing with some stuff off the court that wasn't easy to, to, uh, to deal with. And Del Curry talked a little bit about it after the season, opened up about it. Steph Curry said that it wasn't um, super easy without getting in, into full detail, which is understandable. But then we saw in the playoffs that that, that run was, was amazing to watch. What, what yeah. he did coming off of the injury, like number one, and coming off the bench – the first four games, and then having the aggravation of, of uh, his foot injury in the finals two days later and having, I don't want to call it a career-defining moment, but it's up there as far as yeah. what, he did in, what he did in Boston, down two to one like that was nothing short of amazing to watch. So load management is going to be something to watch, though. There's no doubt about it. I, I do think that this is the start where you look at minutes per game, you look at some more planned rest nights off just because they do have those younger guys. And that's a way to use kind of this two timeline dream kind yeah. of to their advantage with the, the, the older core as well. And I think with Curry, I, I actually against Dallas, even I think um, Jason Kidd was talking about this, like, like he is as good a conditioned athlete as there is in the NBA. Like he puts in the work on his conditioning, not just, I mean, we all see the pregame warmup fun with the, the dribbling <laughs> and the shooting and what have you, but like his, his cardio, his, um, just condition is, is at the peak of the league. And that's part of the advantage he has. Um, and that's why, by the way, he's 34. He will be 35 when the playoffs hit just for the record. Uh, but I don't, like you said, I think as long as it's managed, I don't think you're going to see a huge, huge, if any, drop off from him. There, it just is again about managing it. And Rick Celebrini, the, the the Warriors head trainer, have a really good relationship. When the playoffs hit, Steph Curry's going to be 35 years old. Ron Green's going to be 33, and these are guys who have logged a lot of minutes, you know, in in their yeah. career. They, they are they're guys who with some injuries. Clay's history is different than the other two. And Draymond was relatively pretty healthy for a long time until the back injury. You know, we, we've got to talk about the the youngsters and the kind of transition and that, that you know, win now and win later kind of thing they've got going, you know, that Joe Lacob so badly wants. But Jordan Poole's kind of jump-started that, right? Like, he's, he's part of that core six now. You don't win a title without him having some pretty monster playoff games. Um, I'm curious, do you think that they will reach an extension with him to try to get him at a better number now, or do they let him play it out this year because he could be worth more money at the end of this season? Definitely could be worth more money. 
Bob's always said with Jordan and kind of reaching that extension with, with the rookie contract that the now to the October 17th. Line. You know, I, I don't think he was too worried about it before now. Fans are probably more worried than the actual franchise because I, I, they trust themselves as far as still being able to retain him, even if he tests those waters as a restricted free agent. I I just don't envision a, a world where Jordan Poole isn't a warrior. I don't think you can, like if it came down to him and Andrew Wiggins, you just have to. But I think the other reason you've got to keep Jordan Poole around if you're the Warriors is simply Clay's 35. I mean, Clay's 32 going on 33. Steph's 34 going on 35. We talked about load management. There are, but they both had injuries last year. Poole is the guy who, especially in the first 82, in the regular season, is the guy who can step up and take on that offensive load. Hey, no stuff tonight. Go get some bucket. You know, like he is the, I think you're right. He was their second best shot creator in the playoffs. I don't know if he was their second best player. That was probably Wiggins because of the defensive load. Uh, I think with Poole, that is, I think there's a legitimate concern about trying to play a lot of Curry and Poole and even play at this point because uh, he's just not quite the same defender together. But But that's really, by the way, like a second round of the playoffs and beyond problem. For most of the season, you need a guy like Jordan Poole who can, who can be a lead offensive weapon some nights. Now, I like that you brought up the regular season because Steve Kerr basically can go to Jordan Poole and say, we need you to be the guy for as close to 82 games as possible. Jordan is ready to play as many minutes as asked for in the regular season for sure and hopefully have that kind of role in the playoffs. But then he started to get a lot more efficient. And that's what was fun to watch, too. He had a 65% true shooting percentage in the playoffs. It was it was wild to watch. The only question now is defense. You know, and not that, but the defense is going to be what's going to be pushed and asked more from him this season. So the guy I'm most curious about, just because I think the upside remains the highest, is Jonathan Kuminga, who is, there just aren't a lot of athletes like him in the league, period. Uh, his potential as a, scoring or leader is there. And last season was interesting because you could see it in flashes. You could see moments where you're like, yeah, that guy deserved to be the number seven pick. Yeah, that guy could be the future. But you could also turn around and say, well, okay, he struggled here. Hey, I can bench him because we've got Otto Porter, right? Like Steve Kerr could pull him knowing that he had guys he could go to, who he could trust in the postseason guys he could trust even in the regular season to settle things down if 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 it was just a slump or if if this was Kamingo overstepping his bounds, which he kind of seemed to do at points. This year there's no hiding, right? Like this is the year they're kind of banking on him to be a better version of himself. It's a big year for for to me with Jonathan Kamingo. And it's hard because <laughs> he's still nineteen because the flashes that he's shown are I mean they are star superstar potential. I mean, he might already be a top five athlete in the entire NBA. He's he's that athletic. How much is he going to put consistent games in on a nightly basis? That is a good point. I think the bigger question for me is it, I, I look, I am rooting for Kuminga. Uh, I think the potential is there. I'm less sold that, that Jonathan Wiseman can be the guy at this point, but the, I don't want to say emergence, but the ability of Kevon Looney to bounce back 
from injuries that I think a lot of people, even probably within the Warriors, I got the sense, like they just weren't sure he'd ever get all the way back from. For him to come back, he played 82 last year. He was solid in the playoffs. He's a good rotational big man center that you, you need in the NBA. You still need one of those big bodies out there um, in certain matchups. He he earned his contract extension. He a thousand percent earned his contract extension. And I think if you ask Steve Kerr who his favorite player like is on the lie detector test, yes, he loves Steph Curry. He loves a lot of these players because he's been around them for a long time. Kavon Looney might be the guy for him just because of become because of how he overcame injuries. And then we look at James Wiseman, and they're they're kind of the opposite where James is still really trying to get his foot in the door. And the best thing for Wiseman, almost like a, like a, a redo, a start over, where they asked him to do way too much when he was a rookie after playing three college games. Now it's all about simplicity with him. What are they going to ask of Moses Moody? That's the guy that they, that, that, that as I, I would say, a little bit of a replacement of Gary Payton II. You look at someone like Jonathan Kaminga, Moses Moody, two guys from the same draft class, but just two different levels as far as maturity and just being around the game forever compared to not being around the game forever. And kind of someone who Jonathan last year, he was 19 years old and he acted like a 19 times. Moses was 19. He didn't turn 20 until the playoffs. And he seemed like someone who was a 25 year old, a multi-year vet as he starts to trust his shot more, which which he did, you know, in the playoffs when he when they first gave him a bigger role, it was more for defense and hustle, and then they almost had that crazy comeback win, and also now he's in flow making three pointers. So if he trusts his shot, that's going to be big. But Warriors as a whole, they just trust him. No, it's going to be a fascinating season. It's really just title or bust, right? Like I mean. Moody and Wiseman and Kuminga are going to get their chances to help carry this team through the regular season, but they're focused on having their core seven or eight healthy when the playoffs start because they are, I think they realize that they're, obviously they know they're in the mix. Obviously they know they're contenders, but they also have to realize when they look out at the West and they see a healthy Clippers team and a healthy Nuggets team. And by the way, I I had heard this and I'm curious if you heard, they thought, Memphis gave them as much trouble or more trouble than anybody in the playoffs. Like the West is brutal. The West, the West is brutal, and, and I I really do agree with that that Memphis statement. There, yeah, the the Grizzlies definitely gave them more trouble. I, I, I think the Grizzlies would give them more trouble even than the Suns last year. Divincenzo, who I think that oh yeah, we haven't even talked about yeah, who's got to play. He's gonna play a big role. Like he could be a steal, exactly. I, I, you know, you you looked at him. He wasn't healthy with with the Bucks. I think it's the same with Green off the bench, right? Like Green's a guy they can just plug and play for twenty minutes a night. Green's a guy. not Draymond, obviously. No, Jermichael Green is somebody who I think is such a smart sign. The before he shot just forty percent, and they don't need to ask him to shoot forty percent from three. But if he can shoot thirty five. 36 get open looks then that's great yeah it's it's going to be an entertaining season the warriors are going to be look man it is title or bust isn't it like it it genuinely is it has to be it has to be they are all in they won last year they are going for it all again 
uh, Dalton, thanks for doing this. I would love to have you on back during the season and we'll, we'll talk about uh, where things stand as we, uh, at that point. But uh, I look, man, I think we'll be talking a lot and we'll be reading a lot of your stuff at NBC sports Bay area because dude, we're going to be reading a lot about the warriors this year. Hey, thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. Thanks for doing this. And we will be back. Uh, Look, we'll be back later this week with Corey Robinson talking all things NBA. And then uh, we've got some future ones, a podcast like this coming up, including the the nice talk about another team with a couple questions. Philadelphia 76ers. Yeah, they had a pretty good offseason, too. We'll be talking with them next week. So stay tuned. Keep checking out the Pro Basketball Talk podcast. And thank you for listening. Dietz and Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.